Welcome, adjudicators, to another episode of Disputed, where two fictional characters go head-to-head, armed with only their advocates, and you will decide the outcome. Everything is Disputed. Uh, all right, friends. Friends, you may you you may realize that uh, my co-host Demond is not here. Uh, he's having some stuff at home that's going on. That he needs to uh, he needs to be available for. We miss you, Demond. But I know you'll be back for the uh, the second round of the of the tournament. But yeah, help everybody gets well quickly over there. And yeah, because my favorite blurred nerd, uh, father of two, husband of one, is not around, and uh, the Kevin Hart of the uh, this of the episode. I am I'm Dean. I, I am the I, I'm the rock of the episode. So <laughs> anyway, I'm host of uh, lots of shows. You can find them all on the Podskier Podcast Network. If you go to podskier.com, if it was up right now, my, all my websites are down right now. The host is having some problems, which means unless we get before a quarter to the top of this hour happens, we may not be able to vote. But I will let everybody know when that will be available. Hopefully it'll be up before we hit that. I'll let you know. Last episode, we had an awesome fight it was something else we had characters from two very popular shows that go face to face to see who's tougher johnny lawrence or wayne the toughest guy in Letterkenny. so big props to our man wayne and his advocate awesome for doing a hell of a job this was an amazing amazing episode and you know i will say Congrats to MC Amazing as well because you brought it. You you brought your A game. You I mean the, the tearing the shirt off, all that. Great. It was fantastic. Unfortunately, uh well, let's see. So uh well first let me say this. Uh, again, thanks to our good friends Keith and Heather Mackey for making those brilliant videos. I love them every time. They they just keep bringing the scale up every time you can find them on, uh, on Twitter at Heather Mackey one that's M A K I one, uh, and on Instagram at soul S O L freedom 10 T the number 10, as you can see, Wayne, uh, as many people expected, totally handled Johnny without a problem. Uh, and the video just didn't even tell you how much of a balling it was. Uh, this was our f- most highly voted on scrap, uh, so far 89 votes of those votes, 28 went to Johnny. 61 to Wayne. So, whew, yeah, that, I mean, brilliant match. I loved it. Uh, but again, thanks to, uh, thanks to awesome for making this. So, uh, guess you're going on to the next round where you will end up fighting, uh, Cato. So, uh, <laughs> Wayne versus Bruce Lee. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, so, so let's, uh, let's talk a bit about tonight's episode. Tonight's episode brings together two of the most brutal martial artists you'll ever see pitted against each other. Both of them have backgrounds in law enforcement. Both are well-respected and powerful. Both always want to do what's right. Who are these two venerated vehicles of violence, you ask? Only two of the most brutal brutal bestowers of beatdowns. Jack Reacher versus Rama from The Raid. I expect this to be just as epic as the last one. I, I want I want to see some I want to see some votes once we can have them. Uh, but uh, I'm really, really, really excited for this one. I've been excited for all of these. They've been just so much fun to do. Uh, and I, I really wish Demond Demond if Demond was here, he would be just going wild. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, in any case, um, yeah, I, I hope everybody's hanging on the edge of their seats because this is going to be this is going to be a good one, I promise. Uh, so first off, I'll go ahead and uh, introduce our first advocate for the evening. Our first advocate for the evening is making his debut on Disputed. He's a Giants fan from North Jersey who recently relocated to hardcore Eagles territory just outside of Atlantic City. You'll see his work on film, television, sports, and comics, and is now attempting to take over the martial arts entertainment podcast with his black belt and bullshito. He's been referred to as the seventh Benham, but for but for tonight, put your hands together for Jeff Vida. Thank you much, Dean. It's yeah. awesome to be here. Hell yeah, it's great to have you. Uh, so, and you know, it's always great to have uh, a new face on the show. So, Jeff, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you're advocating for, why, and what you bring to the table. Thanks, Dean. Uh, first of all, thank you to uh, you and Damon for having me on the show. It's exciting to be here. 
Uh, thanks to to Peter from the uh, Cobra Kai podcast for uh, for mentioning me. Um, Very much. But yeah, my name is uh, Jeff Vita. I am the uh, host and creator of the Kung Fu Driving podcast. Um, and uh, on that show, I interview uh, actors and stunt coordinators, bike coordinators from the martial arts, TV, entertainment, and film world. So uh, if you if there's martial arts or, or action involved in in some piece of entertainment on screen, um, chances are I've had them on the show. So um, that's that. But what what do I bring to the table uh, is um, uh, a, a love of martial arts uh, film, a love of uh, action, a love of um, martial arts in general. Uh, I am a practitioner. Uh, I'm not going to say I, I'm any good at it, uh, but uh, I, I have uh, I study uh, an American-based tempo, uh, and I also study knife fighting. Uh, so uh, how it's going to serve me in, in the streets, uh, hopefully I never have to find out uh, because I'm not sure I would survive it. But whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I am advocating for Rama from The Raid. Uh, for martial arts fans, uh, you know who Eco Oasis is, uh, and you know The Raid uh, and The Raid 2. Um, and in fact, uh, Dean, if, if we're allowed to throw hammers, I'm going to call Rama the winner now, because if you've seen the film, you know what that refers to. So uh, thank you again for having me. I think this is going to be a, a blast, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, throwing down against that mountain of a man, Jack Reed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it as well. So uh, let me go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and introduce our next advocate. Our next advocate, you may remember from their appearance on our Dexter versus Hannibal dispute, he is from Charlotte, North Carolina, where at one point he dug graves for a living. He is now podcasting over Strangeful Things and Castle Rock Historical Society podcast. There are no other names that this advocate goes by, and why would you when his name is Acadia Einstein? Right. Acadia, my friend. It's good to see you again, man. You too. Yeah. Very, very glad to be back, and I'm very glad to meet you, Jeff. Same here, Acadia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Acadia, tell us uh, tell us who you're advocating for this evening, why, and what you bring to the table. So, I guess from what I bring to the table, I don't have a black belt. I have a Batman belt. <laughs> that works. And you have a Batman shirt. But also, I don't have any pants on, so it kind of even out, I don't need the belt. I am advocating for Jack Reacher because he needs somebody, because he just wanders the earth alone so much. And I can basically say whatever I want, and he'll never know, because he doesn't even know what the internet is. Uh, not, not false. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, he is he is the 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 strong silent type, and yeah, what is it? He carries a toothbrush and and a comb. I think that's about it. <laughs> um, so let's get into the rules real quick. So, uh, debate timing: uh, five minutes opening statements, followed directly by a two minute rebuttal. Um, and then after the uh, the second rebuttal, I will ask a couple of questions. Hopefully, we'll get some questions for the audience. Audience, if you're on YouTube, uh, which uh, hopefully you are, you'll be able to uh, leave comments, ask questions as we go along, and I will do my best to get them in here. So um, uh, our uh, first advocate, Jeff, because you, you are new here, uh, we're going to bring you in and have you go first. So I'm going to go ahead and bring this up. And then bring you over here. There we go. Let me uh, timer so they can, people can still see my face. Uh, so let me go ahead and uh, I'll start the timer over here. And uh, if are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's get after it. All right, thank you. So I got five minutes to try to explain why Rama uh, is the better of the two combatants tonight. And on the surface. Obviously, there's a physical mismatch right here. Jack Reacher is 6'5", 240 pounds. Um, he's got military training, weaponry, marksmanship, hand-to-hand -hand combat, of course, all that military discipline and all of that. Then we got Rama in the other corner, who's maybe 5'10", maybe a buck 80. He's got uh, SWAT police training, so he's got those tactics uh, in his corner, riot control, um, weaponry, limited, uh, though it may be. But... One thing that I'm going to bring up right now uh, that I think is going to be important in this face-off is that he is a master of the lethal martial art of Penchak Salat. And uh, I'm going to bring that up because as Jack Reacher himself would say, details matter. 
So put a pin in that. But let's go to the weaponry and the marksmanship. Um, and I'm going to toss all of that out the window because unless these guys are going to face off in some kind of warfare scenario where they're in some kind of urban setting and they're uh, trying to shoot at each other from across great distances uh, and they're all putted uh, with their sniper rifles and their ARs and, and all that stuff, um, then that's kind of moot, right? I, I figure that this is going to be some kind of close quarters battle uh, where it's going to be skill on skill, you know, fist on fist. And um, again, there, there seems to be that physical mismatch, mismatch right up front. But when we come down to it, Reacher is kind of just a Batman wannabe without the mask, the money, or the moral restriction on killing, right? Which is to say that he really is just a high-functioning sociopath who is more likely than not kind of comfortably sitting on the spectrum somewhere. And on the other side, we've got Rama, who is more like Wolverine, just this feral force of nature contained only by the mind uh, uh, and, and control of Rama himself. So I think that's going to be an exciting uh, confrontation right there. Uh, but let's get back to that, um, that Penchak slot part of things, because whereas Rama is a master at that particular martial art, Reacher is a jack of all trades and a master of none. He's got a whole bunch of things that he can do fairly well, uh, some better than others, but he isn't a master of any one martial art. I don't, and I don't think that that has been mentioned anywhere that he is a master of any one martial art. Um, and that's important to martial artists uh, and, and in this context, because as Bruce Lee points out, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once. I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. Again, because details matter. Uh, now, Reacher uh, was raised as a military kid, surrounded by structure and rigor and all that stuff. While Rama lives, works, and essentially survives in a corrupt, dangerous, and cannibalistic part of Jakarta, where as a cop, he faces people who are raised on violence. Gangbangers, uh, mobsters, assassins, bounty hunters, um, where Reacher kind of pads his numbers with wife beaters, bouncers, bodyguards, rent-a-cops, and you know, other weekend warrior tough guys. So uh, again, when, we, when it comes down to, uh, to the context of some of these battles, details matter. Now, uh, to, to kind of wrap it all up, there are two types of guys you never want to face in the fight. The guy with nothing to lose and the guy with everything to live for. And I'm going to try and show you that only one of our combatants fits one of those criteria. Again, because details matter. And in this diorama, with Reacher versus Rama, at the end of all the drama, Reacher's going to be calling for his mama. <laughs> I'm going to yield the rest of my time. All right, you're, you're going to be back in a minute three. Uh, so yeah, great, great job. Great job. So, um, go ahead and bring over Acadia here and bring up the, uh, the timer. Come on now. Oh, I do two before I do my, you do opening? your, you're going to do your rebuttal and then you'll go into your, your opening. All right. Here, what the hell is going on? Start. There we go. All right. Very well done. Very well presented. That sound you heard a little bit like explosions or thunder that was you blowing up a bunch of my spots for my opening, <laughs> but that's fine because a lot of the things that you hit on are things that I was going to hit on as well. And I want to focus on the sociopathic nature of Mr. Reacher and the obvious contrast between the person with everything to live for and the person with nothing to lose. Now, does Reacher just wander around the country on a bus looking for people to beat up? Sure. <laughs> but he's also a really good detective. Because if he can't figure out which bad guy he needs to beat up, he'll figure it out using his big brain. Whereas Rama will just get in a truck that's going to a place where they told nobody else on the entire police force, where they would take in the truck, oh, you don't worry about it. And they went, and he had an alternate plan. He was such a mastermind that he became a rookie on the force so that he could get in that truck so that he could go and save his brother and not save his brother. You had one job, Rama. Nobody told you to go in there and kill all those other guys. 
You were supposed to save your brother. And you helped him because now he's kind of the boss of the bad guys. But your father's not going to be happy about it because he still can't come home for holiday dinner. And I will say that if you could lift Reacher and you had to kill him, I would want you to shove his neck on the bottom of a broken door. All right. Well done. Uh, actually, and Demond is, uh, has joined us, uh, to watch last night and he, he, uh, he has said nice flourish at the end for Jeff. Uh, so, and I, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, so, um, so now let me bring back the five minute timer. There we go. Start your action movies. I like video games. You take a hero, drop him in a map and let him whip ass solid entertainment. And according to many people, the, first real ass-whipping video game was Kung Fu Master, an arcade game from 1984 that was ported to Nintendo as Kung Fu in 1986. It was inspired by the Bruce Lee movie Game of Death, and your guy basically walked to the left in a building while a million guys came at him and he whipped their asses. So let's put that aside, and let me tell you about Jack Reacher for a minute. As was said, Six foot five, 240-pound ex-army major military bastard police officer just imagine if Bruce Wayne wasn't rich but still wanted to be bad. In one of the books, Reacher's body is described as a mesomorph physique with a six-pack like a cobbled city street and a chest like a suit of NFL armor and biceps like basketballs and subcutaneous fat like a Kleenex tissue. <laughs> I don't know what the hell NFL armor is, and you can all look up mesomorph later like I had to when I first read it, but suffice to say, that despite author Lee Child's frightening inability to describe it well, physically, Reacher is Batman. At one point, he has to fight four big dudes in a prison bathroom. Here's how that went. Headbutt, punch, punch, elbow, punch, push, clang head off, metal sink, punch, punch, running clothesline, face kick, elbow, punch, clang different head off, same middle metal sink, poke out eye with thumb, face kick, push two guys into a toilet stall, use one guy's head to hit the other guy. Get punched twice while being held. Kick the guy that punched him in the nads. Elbows the guy, holds him in the face. Break a dude's arm. Chest kick. Gets punched in the face again. Carries dude across the room and smushes him against the wall. Knees him in the gut. Elbow, elbow, punch. Elbow, punch, punch. Stomp on guy's ankle. Breaking it horribly. Punch. Fight over. It took me longer to say it than it did for him <laughs> to do it. <clears throat> and brain-wise, since we covered Braun... Let's take a quick look at his detective skills as he talks to Finley, the DA in an evil town he rode the bus near and then walked 14 miles to. Three men drop this body. Shooter with someone who knows firearms well. Bullets of small caliber, 9mm, 95 grain. That's subsonic. Silence was used. He also knew enough to pick up his brass. This wasn't a first-timer. This was someone who knew how to conduct a quiet, effective kill. You're also looking for a psycho who beat up a body post-mortem, someone completely unhinged, totally different profile from your professional shooter. The third guy? Well, your psycho isn't going to suddenly be rational enough to know he has to hide the body, and your meticulous shooter isn't going to do a sloppy job with roadside cardboard. Now, the third guy is so worried about getting out of there, he grabs some nearby debris and just lays it across the corpse. The Prince of Joe's, size 13. See the divot? He heard someone coming up behind him, tried to turn. Took two in the head before he could do anything about it. Shooter came through here, waiting for Joe. Knew he was coming. Two days ago, takes out Astrolabe. Moon would have been about 26 <laughs> degrees further west. This area would have been darker. This is where he hid. So he's a good detective and he's tough as hell. I'm not sure why I need to go on, but I'm getting paid by the minute. So don't quit on me. I mean, zero dollars per minute, but still. I got more tough guy stuff to discuss. Let's talk about the times when he may not have won. He has scars on his belly because he went to Lebanon and lost a fight with a bomb. He's got a four-inch wide scar from getting stabbed. He's got one in his 50-inch chest because somebody shot him with a 38 special. He got his nose broken, but to be fair, he was over 50 at that point, and he still managed to reset it by punching himself in the face and making a duct tape bandage. Oh, and one other scar on his arm from when his brother hit him with a chisel. Not that brothers will come up in this discussion. <laughs> So my super tough, super smart bastard cop has got to face Rama. Rama tops 5'6 and 140 pounds. I'm sorry, folks, the physics just don't work. <laughs> in the beginning of the raid, Rama's trained in his apartment. He hits the heavy bag. He hits it more than 50 times in 10 seconds. I counted. For most people, that would mean 50 bruises and a long nap. 
effort. Reacher is not most people. Reacher is the heavy bag, unfazed by getting punched 50 times in 10 seconds. Rama is tough. And if he was walking to the left while a million guys came at him, like in the movie, he's going to whip their asses, just like in Kung Fu. But Jack Reacher is not in one of those million guys because Reacher is in a different 1986 video game, a game called Rampage. So while Ram is going through the building, kicking guys, Reacher is climbing up the outside of the building, punching it until it falls down. And when Rama passes by a window, Jack will reach in and grab him, and Rama will be delicious. <laughs> oh, man, that was, uh, that was beautiful. Um, <laughs> and you're, you're banking about 12 seconds there if, if, you, if you need it later. <laughs> so, oh, man. Um, well, I'm going to need it. <laughs> All right, let me let me bring up the uh, two minute timer here. Oh, so let me bring you over here, Jeff, uh, and go for it. All right, I, I saw what you did there with the reaching in. Um, that was very clever uh, for some people, I guess. But um, what what I need to uh, to point out here uh, again: the, the size difference is one thing. Physicality, uh, of course. There's a it's a mountain versus a molehill. Um, the problem that I have is that Reacher uh, isn't fighting the best of the best uh, in anything that he's doing. He, he obviously he does get into it with with some some bad characters, but he is not fighting any master level anything in, in any of the the the, uh, the battles that he gets into. Um, what's he gonna do when he faces Rama, who is a, a master at Penchox a lot, at, at an art that uh, relies on um, unpredictability and using the entire uh the entire physical self and everything in your surrounding uh to uh to be one weapon uh so yes uh reacher has some uh tactician uh, some uh tactical analysis going on um but again he, he's got this psychopathic sociopathic approach to to life in general uh so when he's faced with something that he can't control I think that's going to short circuit his brain and it's going to make him uh, doubt what he's, what he's got, got to do to, uh, to overcome this little guy with feet and fists coming at him at 150 miles an hour. And uh, it, that moment of hesitation is going to be enough for Rama to cut him down to size. Now, would that happen in, in real life? Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, uh, Jack Reacher is uh, clearly... Uh, way bigger than anything that you have ever seen in real life. Uh, and and even Batman has taken some of his beatings. He got his back broken too. So I'm expecting some of that for Jack Reacher. All right. Yeah, you do have another minute if uh if you would if you have any other other thoughts that you want to uh to bring in. I'll keep it banked. Thank you. Okay. Oh gentlemen, gentlemen, that was a great debate. Um let me first say that uh I am a fan of both of these characters. Uh, however, I will say I'm way more familiar with Jack Reacher. Um, so now, uh, and so my first question is actually going to be to you, Jeff. Um, how let's, so, so let's put, let's swap their positions. Let's say um, Rama is in, uh, in, uh, oh gosh, uh, uh, Margrave, Georgia. And he comes in the same way as Reacher. Both both military backgrounds. You know, let's say he's retired, and he he's he's going to 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 seek out the the truth about his favorite blues singer. Uh, and and that first scene, the very first scene where he walks in, where Jack walks in, and he sees the uh, the the guy bringing out his girlfriend and yelling at her because she tipped too much, and the guy throws her against the van right now jack doesn't say a word i mean in fact one of the one of the most frequent sayings in the jack reacher novels and one of the episodes is reacher said nothing <laughs> and that's what he's known for being the very strong and just because he's silent doesn't mean he's not smart he's thinking he's thinking five steps ahead uh that's and and acadia is right about that he's kind of like uh sherlock holmes with muscles uh but how how do you see rama acting in that in that same scenario, he sees this guy bringing out and manhandling this woman. All right. So um, one of Reacher's uh, biggest uh, assets is his 
big freaking body, right? That is an intimidation uh, intimidation factor right off the bat. Uh, anybody that is 6'5 and 240 pounds is going to draw all kinds of attention no matter what situation you're in. Um, there is no way that Jack Reacher can gray man any kind of situation in, in any uh, in any instance. Um, he sticks out like a sore thumb because he's a gigantic, gigantic being. Mm. Um, Rama can come in, uh, do his thing, slip out, and no one will be able to uh, identify him if uh, if they had to pick him out of a lineup. Um, in that situation, Rama wouldn't need to bother with the intimidation stare because it wouldn't work. You know, that, that would be me coming in and being like, throwing a dirty look, and uh, that guy would probably pummel my ass for <laughs> Okay, but um, Rama would uh, would see that situation, um, and because he's uh, a cop, he would go over and take care of it instantly. He would have to do more than Jack Reacher would do because Jack Reacher can throw a look, and anybody again um, sensing that he's being sized by this mountain of a man is going to reconsider what he's doing on the off chance that that guy's going to come over and throw a fist into his face. Um, that's all well and good, but Rama will immediately act and do what he has to do and take care of things and then slip out of there with no one the wiser. All right. All right. Uh, now, Acadia DeMond has a question for you. Uh, he sure. says, Acadia, where would uh, Reacher's sociopathic tendencies be an advantage versus Rama? Well, if we put Reacher in the raid. Right. He's sociopathic, but he cares about the innocent. So at the very beginning, when the guy says, I just had to go get my emergency Salmonex from my wife, Reacher would have went, okay, well, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go up with you. I'm going to get you and your wife. I'm going to carry you both out. And I'm pretty sure you're the only good people in the whole building. Then I'm going to blow the building up. And <laughs> that would have been the end of it. Now, Rama couldn't do that, of course, because his brother was in there. But he didn't tell anybody even though he had a bunch of guys that could have helped him. But he kept that little nugget of information to himself. Reacher would have been like, well, my brother's already dead, so I don't really have anybody to say. And the fact that Rama went back for his comrade, good. I believe Reacher would have done that. But I do not believe for one second that Reacher would have arrested the jerk with the white hair. He would have thrown him out the window, <laughs> then gone downstairs, picked him up, gone back upstairs and thrown him out the window again. Because <laughs> the guy deserved it. I, I don't disagree. Um, uh, and, and let me, uh, DeMond has one more question. This is for both of you. Uh, go to Jeff first and then, uh, Acadia with, uh, your answer after. So he's, uh, DeMond asks, both had crazy fights in prison. Who, who, who's a better indication of how this fight will go? Oh, um, I mean, Pentox a lot is, is, uh, made for being able to do a lot in a confined space. Uh, and you see a lot of those, uh, thin hallways and uh, the tiny cells that uh, the fights take place in, it's prison bathrooms and uh, whatever. And now don't fault, um, don't, don't fault Rama for, uh, for the video game um, representation of the, of the guy having the enemies walk in one at a time into the stall to get their asses handed to them. Cause uh, don't blame the writers, but uh, in any case, um, the, the, the art, again, of Pentax a lot is just so brutal and so uh, ferocious uh, in closed quarters. That's where I, I feel that the advantage for Rama is really going to come in. Um, there's no predictability to to uh, the way that Rama unfolds those uh, those fists and feet again, because um, he's uh, moving uh, in the space that he's given, using what he has available to him and turning everything around him into a weapon, including his elbows, uh, fists, knuckles, feet, and whatever. Um, so is that going to be a good indication of what the fight will be? I think it will be because that's what he has to do to uh, cut somebody of Jack Reacher's size uh, down to at least get it to a level where he can convincingly take him out. All right. Katie? I think that the probably the best venue for Rama would be the hallway. 
none of the the building was built perfectly like it was just we just have ten thousand big giant rooms and that's all it is there's no like every apartment is just one big room and i'm not hating on the movie i love the movie but the hallway was the only place where i think that rama actually got to do what he does because a lot of the other fights that he had were that kind of blame the writer one all right you come now you come now you come and once in a while two people and and my my best example of how Rama wastes energy where Richard doesn't is when he got into the meth lab and he was chasing the guy down the table. He chased him all the way down the table, chased him all the way back, punched him like 47 times. The guy was still standing there. The way he took him out was to trip him, and the guy hit his back on the edge of the table. It's like, ah, he could have done that right from the beginning. And that's what Richard would have. Because Rama has the skills and he has the speed. But if you can just poke somebody's eye out with one poke, you don't need to punch him 74 more times. So in the prison fight, if Rama had been in the prison fight, I think sheer mass would have overwhelmed him, which is why he has to do everything that he does. Plus, everyone in that movie did not weigh 150 pounds. Hmm. None of them. Which I mean, that's a healthy diet. People shouldn't be <laughs> big fat guys. But the fact is, is that I cannot, I cannot go with the guy who wasn't even the toughest person in his own movie. Because when I get to talk next, we're gonna talk about Mad Dog. Yeah, because I actually that was gonna that was gonna that was gonna be my question about that. Um Reacher, I, I mean that that last boss fight as we'll, as I like to refer to it um it took Rama and his brother to to take the guy out um i mean yeah the guy is very uh quick and very flexible and 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 smart about his work he, i i'm assuming that he's all jacked up on some kind of drug to to take as much punishment as he did um how how you put Re, you put Reacher in that same scenario? Now, one one of the things I also know about Reacher is he prefers to fight multiple people, um, versus just one because he sees the way he sees it, it's fair, uh, <laughs> and that's and that's in the books. I will say that that's in the book. Now there is one difference between the final fight in the books, uh, and in the in the first book versus the TV show and the that the 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 little the scrawny kid who finally cat who basically catches him at the end nothing like that happens in the book reacher just fucking decimates them all um do you uh, jeff how do you i mean uh, reachers uh reachers like as has been said brilliant crime solver rama is also a cop how do you see him coming into margrave and handling that whole situation and and do you see him as having that same mindset i mean um, I don't know that he would have the same mindset as Reacher, and I, that I, again because Reacher's fucking nuts. But um, the um, uh, the let let me go back to the point about um the two type of guys that you you don't ever want to fight. You never want to fight a guy with nothing to lose, and you never want to fight a guy with everything to live for. Um, Rama is the guy with everything to live for. He's got a wife and a son, and he's got um a, a whole family dynamic that he wants to protect. Um, Jack Reacher is not a guy with nothing to lose. Um, uh, no, so, sorry, he's not a guy with uh, anything to live for, right? True. He doesn't. He doesn't keep anything or anyone close enough to want to live for them, right? So there's there's none of that. So he's not the guy that doesn't have um, anything to lose because he holds on to this ideal uh, of uh, of justice and and and. Uh, Sticking up for the little guy and beating up on bullies and all that. And that in his sociopathic little world is is his thing. So that's his to lose. And that's what that's what he kind of holds on to. And that's it. And he does he doesn't live for anybody else. He he barely lives for himself. Mm. Um, and so when Rama gets into a situation in Margrave, he's gonna go do the right thing um, without putting himself into any danger and take care of all the people that he needs to take care of. Uh, and, and again, he, to make sure that he gets home 
to his family. But if he's in a situation where he has to throw down, the motivating factor of his wife and son is going to keep him above the level of his opponent and get him out of Margaret so he can get home. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, out, out, out of curiosity, Acadia, how do you see that last fight between uh, Reacher instead of Rama and his brother going? <laughs> so let's just say it was Reacher and Rama's brother. Okay. Or Reacher and Rama. God help that guy. <laughs> or Reacher and like a stuffed animal. Mad Dog would not have been like, hey, untie the stuffed animal because I want to fight him too. <laughs> like, I don't care how many goofballs Mad Dog was hopped up on. The dude is five foot two. He didn't care. He's all sweaty, mad, and he's like, you know what? I'll 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 fight you both. And sure, you're gonna stab me in the neck with a goddamn fluorescent light to <laughs> and eventually i will go down from it but not at first now if it was reacher this is the thing that it's like that remember remember monty python when they were bitching about the swallows carrying the coconuts and everything like that <laughs> it's not a question of where he grips it <laughs> it's a simple matter of weight ratio it doesn't matter how many martial arts you know if jack reacher just goes clonk on the top of your head you're going down there's nothing you can do and no reacher doesn't have anyone that loves him that he loves but you know how he stays in good shape carrying grudges he's killed <laughs> with revenge and and anger and <laughs> lackadaisicalness. And he loves to shit on people for wearing the same clothes for more than four days in a row. He's a weird dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And th th this is going to be my final question to you both before we go into closing statements. Uh, and it's basically this oh, looks like Demond has a quick question. Uh, <laughs> he's as careful running and about little guys like us. <laughs> <laughs> uh um but yeah um so jeff actually i'm gonna start with acadia acadia what do you think in a one-on-one -on -one fight it would take for rama to beat reacher rama would have to study up ahead of time to learn that if there's a machete sticking in your cheek and you need to get it out don't grab the blade side grab the other <laughs> side pull don't grab a goddamn sharp side and push. Simple things like that are going to help him a ton, a ton in the fight. Stay in a small place. I mean, you've seen it in a bunch of movies. Doesn't matter how big the guy is. If you climb up on his back and you put him in a sleeper hole, you can't put muscles in your arteries. I mean, if anybody could, <laughs> Reacher could. But, I mean, that's how it would happen. Except that even then... Ram is at a disadvantage because Reacher would be like, well, guess I'll just jump out the window and kill us both. And Rama would never do that. And if Rama went to Margrave, he would be like, well, I'm a rookie cop, so I'm not really a, a super good cop, but I can tell that this is all corrupt. So bye. I'm not going to go find out where my favorite blues say. Like, he wouldn't do any of this. There wouldn't have been a show. And I'm not saying that to fault him whatsoever. Don't go to a corrupt town in Georgia if you're an Indonesian <laughs> cop that loves blues. You're not gonna. You're not gonna make. No one's gonna. You, oh well, you're gonna blend right in. No, you're not gonna <laughs> go home and fight your own corrupt police. Uh, all right, Jeff. Same question to you. How do you, how do you see? Uh, what do you? How do you see uh, Rama? Uh, what do you what do you think it would take for Reacher to beat Rama in your mind? I mean, again, it, it's a matter of weight, that weight ratio, right? If if Reacher gets a hold of Rama and and wraps those pythons around him, it's game over. Um, Reacher is too big and too strong and too stupid to uh, to let go of Rama and and give him a chance to uh, to windmill uh, a few thousand punches into his face and and. Uh, find a way to get a shard of a door and rip his neck open and, and, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, uh, Reacher knows enough about, uh, fighting skills to, to make sure to, uh, incapacitate, uh, the abilities of his opponent. Um, and you know, that's, that's smart training. That's the, the way it's supposed to be. Uh, 
what what Rama will do though is exploit uh, any little weakness that uh, that Reacher shows. And um, I, again, when you're dealing with uh, an art like Pentax a lot that is unpredictable and, and crazy and, and so wild, um, anything can happen. And uh, with Reacher, um, staying away from him and uh, and just getting in the licks that you can. Uh, you just have to keep doing it to cut him down. But you know, again, at six five two forty, with uh, with hands the size of you know that can palm basketballs like cherries, it, it's it's tough to get out of that grasp if he if he wraps his his mitts around your neck. Understood. Uh, so let me. Uh, I'm going to bring the uh, clock back in with the two minute timer, so uh, we can have. Closing statements, uh, Acadia, we're going to go with you. Start. Nice. I want to go back to something, Jeff, that you said in the opening about Rama being like Wolverine. And I, I see it. The, the fact that he never stops moving is incredible. And the only problem with it is, is that his bones are just made of bones and he doesn't have a healing factor. So that's going to slow him down. But what I really want to, what I really want to talk about is, if you take Rama, and you say, okay, well, we're gonna, we're gonna switch this to outcome based. Let, let let's not worry about how we got. What what happened at the end? Well, at the end in Margrave, all the bad guys got killed by Reacher, or they went to jail, and the good guys won. Now, what happened in the raid? Well, the cop let his brother not only stay being a crime boss, but actually made him a better <laughs> crime boss by actually not getting rid of the big crime boss because Rama didn't arrest him and Rama didn't shoot him. It was the white-haired guy that shot him, and then he surrendered. So the only person that Rama actually arrested was a guy that didn't even try to get away, and he let his brother go. So... I'm just going to say shoddy police work because, <laughs> I mean, the fact is, is that not one of them was wearing a badge. So maybe they weren't cops at all. We don't know for sure. I mean, they, if you made that, and I haven't seen the other movie, so if, and I want to, but if it turned out that it was all a huge swerve and he had done that whole thing just to get rid of the, and by the way, that guy at the beginning, he killed those people. He shot him and used the. It was like seven thirty in the morning. That makes it so much more sinister. <laughs> he like he was doing that at breakfast. Anyway, Rama's a bad cop. Reacher one. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's um, Jeff. We're going to bring you over and uh, get your two main. Here we go. All right. So if we're going to talk about bad cops, Reacher kills people for no reason. Uh, and for no for no reason other than what uh, works in his head uh, as to uh, his interpretation of, of justice. Uh, again, sticking up for the little guy, being uh, the bullies and all that. And again, Jack Reacher is not fighting the best of the best out there. He's fighting wife beaters. He's fighting rent cops. He's fighting bodyguards and bouncers. Um, and he's uh, and he's taking them out um, with extreme prejudice. Um, is that wrong? Not in Reacher's world. Uh, is that wrong in everybody else's world? Yeah, it's probably a little bit wrong because he's, he's he's not all there. Um, now, Rama is a cop. He's he's got a good heart. He's got um, he's got uh, some moral compass in place. He's one of the few uh, cops in in the corrupt Jakarta police force that uh, is on the uh, the straight uh, it's a straight path. Um, and again, he's got something to live for. So he's going to be the guy that's going to do it for all the right reasons and do it so that he can get back home to his family. Um, if you're pitting Reacher against Rama, that is the the one key factor, I think, that is going to make it um, as close a battle as you can get it. Uh, again, just the, with physicality, it looks like it's it's a complete mismatch. Yes, I grant you that. Um, skill, uh, I think it, it's uh, a little bit more weighted towards Rama because he's got the martial arts uh, of Pentax a lot on his side. Um, that doesn't discount anything that Reacher has because he's got a ton of uh, of skill under his belt. Um, but when it comes down to it, uh, Jack Reacher is a little bit off his rocker. 
and Rama with a, a cooler head will find a way to prevail. All right. Oh, man. All right. Uh, gentlemen, well done. Uh, <laughs> this, uh, you know, I, I couldn't have hoped for a better dispute. Um, this, the, these two characters are fantastic. You, did you have something you needed to say? Katie? Do I, do I still have my 12 seconds? You go, go, <laughs> go for it. Okay. So he's not a good cop because he let his brother continue to be the crime boss of the whole town. And also Reacher would just not fight Rama. He'd go, I'm going to kill your brother. Because <laughs> you already beat the only guy that could protect him. And Rama would be like, damn it. <laughs> All right. Good enough. Uh, so good news. Um, our voting, uh, I mean, my website is back up. Uh, let me see if I can share this here real quick. Uh, share screen. Allow. See if this will come through. Here we go. So here's the website. Um, you can go to, uh, let me bring up banner as well. Uh, you can go vote at disputedpod.com slash Rama V Reacher. Uh, you just come here to the site, Rama V Reacher, uh, and go to where it says vote here. You can choose Jack Reacher. And when you see, when you click on it, it goes red. Or if you choose Rama, he'll go red. And then you click vote. And that's all there is to it, folks. Uh, so go do that now. Uh, we want to see lots of votes out there uh, because these fellas deserve all the accolades. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Demond says, take a bow, gentlemen. Fantastic battle. And I, I couldn't agree more. Um, so uh, real quick uh, before we get so I can read, uh, before too, we get too far along, uh, and, and the, in the closing, I want to, uh, we'll make sure you guys get the plugs in, uh, for, uh, anything you want to do. So, uh, Jeff, you're, you're, you're the new one to the group. So if you'd like, uh, go ahead and uh, tell folks where to find you. Sure. Again, thanks guys for having me. This was a blast, Acadia. Um, kudos and, and, uh, bow to you. Well done, sir. Um, but uh, I, uh, I, as I said at the top of the show, I'm the host and uh, creator of the Kung Fu Driving Podcast, available wherever you get podcasts. Uh, if you like martial arts and action films and you like uh, finding out uh, the behind-the-scenes uh, chat from actors, stunt coordinators, fight coordinators, uh, stuntmen uh, that make those uh, TV shows and movies, uh, swing by the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. We talk to all of those guys and get uh, their take on uh, martial arts and film. Uh, and how to make it look cool and, and amazing uh, and, and to make even guys like uh, Jack Reacher look cool on screen. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, and do you have any social medias where folks can find you? Yeah. Uh, Instagram, Kung Fu Driving Podcast on, on Facebook, uh, Kung Fu Driving Podcast as well. Uh, if you if you look up the Kung Fu Driving Podcast, chances are I'll pop up. So uh, swing by and say hello and, uh, and uh, let's kick it like Kung Fu. All right. Acadia. First of all, I want to say, Jeff, not only am I going to listen to your podcast, I would listen to you talk about stuff I don't even give a shit about because I love I love how you played this game. I love every everything about it. Just it was an honor. Thank you, sir. Strangeful things. If you want to look on the lighter side of horrible shit, then you should come try us. Um, I'm. I'm at Acadia on Twitter because the I screw you national park. I got there first and <laughs> uh, it's strangeful things on Instagram and Facebook. Our latest episode is, did you know that there were a bunch of women in New Jersey and Illinois who got paid to paint watches with radioactive paint? And the guys that ran the factory said, you know what you should do? You should lick the brush every three or four numbers. <laughs> and they were like, okay. And also we glow at night. So let's just paint our teeth and stuff. Eventually their bones melted and the company tried to get out of it. Because of course they did because everything's terrible. This is all true. <laughs> and you can find out all about it at Strange. Oh my. We make shit you never wanted to know. Fun. <laughs> was that a dig? Because I'm from Jersey. Was that was that for <laughs> No, but it was a super fun site. You can probably go there. It was in Orange. 
And actually, I love New Jersey. I live in Randolph. I, I, I'm, I'm a fan as well because I, uh, my corporate headquarters, I work for the comp- for ADP, uh, which is one of the largest companies out in New, yeah, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got on my check. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know however much, how much everyone gets paid <laughs> and where you all live. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, this, this was a blast. And honestly, I think in, uh, if the, in the end, if Reacher and Ramato are ever to meet, I think there would be mass respect for, from both of them to each other. Um, uh, Reacher uh, and Rama seem to both be very caring people about people who are near them. Um, so uh, even though even though they go about things their own way, I think they still have some of those same values. Um, so yeah, I I I really love uh, how you guys brought this in. It was it was great. Um, so. Uh, our next episode will be uh, on August 18th, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. We'll begin the second round of the bracket. My wife, Tiara Walker, will be taking on Brian Tan as we bring together Robert McCall, the Equalizer, versus Assam, the Warrior. And I am so stoked for this. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, how do, you, how do you, you guys have any uh, thoughts on how that one might turn out? I love Assam. I love the whole Warrior series. Oh, so, so yeah. I, um, I've had a, a few of those guys on the show, and they have a, a bunch of uh, a respect for uh, just the source material and uh, and uh, bringing that whole world to life, um, and the the focus on uh, how well the the martial arts gets represented on screen. So, um, I, I, just on that sentimental note, I, I'm gonna side with Assam all day. All right, Katie, you have any thoughts on that one? The entire time you were talking about that, I was thinking about how I could get Russian bots to guarantee that our match was a tie so that <laughs> we both are a team going into the next round and we go all the way to the end. Because now I'm picturing uh, throwing Rama at criminals. Just this you know, Fastball special with Colossus so, and Wolverine. So, so yeah, assume, assume whoever wins this one next go, uh, goes up against next uh, Jason Bourne. So. Oh. So that I'm I'm excited for that one. That, that one should be a really good one as well. So, you know, we're both going to start studying. <laughs> you, you better. Hey, you know, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, McCall versus Assam, Jason Board versus whoever wins this one. We've got Cato versus Wayne from Letterkenny, and then we've got Amos Burton from The Expanse versus Beatrix Kiddo from uh, Kill Bill. Uh, yeah, these are these are all going to be lots of fun. I can't I can't wait till we get to them. Until next time, I'm Zaman. I'm Dean. And remember, everything everything is disputed. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We are now asking you to go vote for your champion. We want to thank our advocates for their amazing defense of their champions. And finally, we'd like to thank the musical artists who created the music that helps make our show so great. We've got Hard Fight by Tajirigis, Game Changer by Icolix, Fight Club by Evil Bear Boris, Fight Makes Right by Atake, and This Party Sucks by Done With Fish. They can be found on freemusicarchive.org or on artlist.io. See you next time.